This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? I heard you had a pretty uh, crazy weekend going out on the town with my sister in the Tenderloin. Oh, yeah. The whole family was out. Your brother-in-law, your pseudo-brother-in-law, everybody well, else. Dude, clear this up for me. I heard, I heard that my sister, I know when she gets drunk, you know when my sister's drunk is when I get a phone call from her like at 1230 that says, where the fuck are you, you fat fucking faggot? She leaves like <laughs> these voicemails. She's just wasted. She's got the mouth of a sailor, but she sort of sounds like this. Where the fuck are you, you fat fucking faggot? <laughs> so what was the deal? I heard she picked up a tomato off in a sandwich that she found on the ground and threw it at you and it hit you in the face. Um, well, we went to get pizza, and I was what you, we refer to as um, blacked out at that point, so I don't really, re- I remember sort of being at the pizza place, but uh, I don't really remember her throwing a tomato at me, but I do re- re- know that there's a big red stain on the shirt that I had on, so luckily I s- slept in that shirt on her and Jer's couch so uh, hopefully, oh, so, well, hopefully, hopefully the stain, stain tra- the, transferred yeah. to the couch well hopefully you stain the couch at least yeah a little bit of revenge but I'll, I'll get better revenge soon yeah absolutely disgusting absolutely it is so right. um, so dude this is episode 66 here of uh, Sick and Wrong and uh, to start off this show I got an interesting email I always like it when uh, we don't have to look for an intro topic and we get it sent to us yeah, so, this um, shows enough work as it is. Hell yeah. So Jim over here in Minnesota sent us this, which I thought was kind of interesting. He sent me a link to the celebrity. It's like a, articles about celebrities' first times when celebrities losing their virginity. So he sent me a link to Charles Manson talking about how he lost his virginity. Well, it's so, not really a link, right? It's just a word Well, doc. no, he sent me a link, and then I went to the page, and I found the... Like a, I don't know, a web page that just had a bunch of these stories on it. Maybe we'll have to link to it on our website. <laughs> or we could just or, put the Word doc up on the website. Yeah, you know, we could just kind of, I don't know, put the uh, page up on the website or something. Because some of these stories are hilarious. So I was thinking, you know what, dude, we should talk about this on the podcast. Because, you know, a lot of people have wondered, like, how did Charles Manson lose his virginity, you know? And I just assume that, you know, as a baby, he was getting laid because he's so awesome. He's, That's what I think about all celebrities. You know, they're just getting ass left well, and right. Well, especially cult leaders. I mean, with that charisma, like David Koresh, dude. I bet you that That's guy got laid when he was eight. That's the have a cult. Yeah, definitely. But no, there's uh, so there's Charles Manson, Ike Turner, Kirk Douglas, Iggy Pop, um, Richard Pryor. I bet well, you Richard Pryor is getting ass when he was young. Should we do... A selection, a selected reading from the I was list. thinking of doing a sampling. So since I mentioned Charles Manson, let me uh, read through this story here. So Charles Manson says he doesn't actually disclose how old he was when he lost his virginity. But he says the uh, first girl I ever made it with, I ended up marrying. I worked all day at the racetrack and had stopped by a card room in Steubenville. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> I think it's this made-up psychosis town. <laughs> His psychotic town. To see if I could... It's just past the circus on the left of the putting green. <laughs> so uh, I stopped by a card room in Steubenville to see if I could run my day's wages into a small fortune. After a couple of hours at the poker table, I had a pretty healthy pile of money in front of me. I never knew he was a gambler, actually. So wait, he, he works at the horse track... <laughs> And, and But that's not good enough for his gambling money. He has to go to the card room. I wonder what he did at the horse track. Shoveled shit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Creeped people out in general. 
yeah, molested horses. So he said he had a pretty healthy pile of money in front of me. The cocktail waitress and some of the other girls were giving me and my role some attention. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were just looking at that swastika branded in his forehead. That didn't come till later. Yeah, I guess. Across from me, looking over the shoulder of a coal miner, <laughs> was this pretty girl who gave me an occasional smile. Was it the coal miner's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> she told me she worked as a waitress. We didn't make it together that night, but after visiting her at the job and dating a couple of times, we were in love. I love I love how uh, Manson, he's a romantic. He doesn't have to, like, you know, just bend her over that night, get her drunk, right. bring over a six-pack. He, he goes on dates with her. He's not a player. He he's her. a He's a family. He's a provider. He's a, a provider. Man. She Stable. Was, she was a healthy, smooth-skinned Irish girl who stirred things in me I'd never experienced. And she was a little bit retarded because she didn't, uh, you know, no red flags came up talking to me. I sh- you know, I should be doing this in a Manson voice, don't you, you think? It's kind of like that southern crazy guy voice. Yeah, kind of. It's like, yeah, all right, do it. L- let Go me try it. it here. She was a healthy, smooth-skinned Irish girl who stirred things in me I'd never experienced. I didn't get her cherry, but she damn sure got mine. Damn sure. The first time we made it together, I couldn't believe it was happening. Beyond concentrating on the sex act, all I could think of was, wow, it's happening. I'm really making it with a girl. I trembled with excitement and anticipation, so much so I came before my prick touched her box. This is kind of exactly what my first time was like. <laughs> the same exact thoughts through my head. I'm a little worried about that. You know what's so, kind of funny? So similar to Charles Manson. Well, you know what's kind of funny? I prematurely ejaculated my first time, too. So I wonder if I'm going to be a cult leader in about, you know, a few years. It's You're over the hill, dude. You got to start young. You got to start in your 20s for that sort of thing. All right. Well, I'm still going to brand a swastik in my forehead. <laughs> your, your dad will be pleased about that. It's kind of interesting. I wonder if that had something to do with him becoming like uh, you know a murderous cult leader is the fact that he prematurely ejaculated before his prick touched her box but here's the key he still well maybe i should let you read on charlie so he says but that didn't kill anything for me and when i got inside her our arms around each other her smooth soft body in contact with mine i really didn't care if i ever took another breath i was in heaven and i wanted to stay she whispered, I love you, and goosebumps tingled all over my body. I was loving someone, and she was returning my love. A huge void was being filled. For the first time in my life, I felt I could conquer the world. I wonder if that was Lynette Squeak- Squeaky Fromm. I don't know. You think? Does Charles Manson have any kids? I hope not. I don't think so. He never impregnated a woman. But, dude, he, I mean, he had sex with, like, didn't he have, like, six hippie chicks? Must have like been it, shooting blanks. Yeah, he must have been. Because those hippie chicks are fecund. <laughs> <laughs> but here's they my are, point. They are was, fertile. Here's my point I was going to make. Um, see, he says he prematurely ejaculated, but then he went on to stick it in her. So he can legitimately say this is his first time. Because I prematurely ejaculated with a lot of chicks. You know, maybe, Before you were going to have sex. Maybe it wasn't premature. <laughs> it was in my pants. <laughs> and, you know, it never got to penetration. So I don't consider those premature ejaculation times my first time having sex. Well, he said that he, like, blew it before he even stuck it inside right, her. But he so did he was about to, to have sex. But he did go on to stick it inside her. Yeah, he said that didn't kill anything for him. So right. I don't think it, like, you know, he lost his erection. I think he just, so, like, But even if pants are off and, and you prematurely ejaculate, but then you just end it because you've lost interest, then... I don't think and you then can, you're like, that's not your first time. You want to listen to some CDs? <laughs> I got the new, uh, 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 <laughs> I can't even think of any bands I used I, to listen to. I, what I usually say is to be continued. 
Okay, baby, to be continued. <laughs> just and then, let me uh, play some video games yeah. and watch some TV. <laughs> Let's watch some porn. I'll get it back up. <laughs> Believe me, I'll do it. Yeah, so that was Manson's first time. And um, this very one. Very enlightening. Yeah, very enlightening. I do wonder, though, I mean, if that's how the whole family started. Like if, uh, you know, it just kind of led him to be like, you know, felt like he could conquer the world. So he's like, I, I just need to keep having sex. It was such an awesome experience for the girl. She told all her friends, you got to go fuck this guy. He prematurely ejaculates. And then he gets really creepy and romantic at the end. It's awesome. I love how man, I love how uh, someone actually went and asked Manson, like, so how did you lose your virginity? It's got to be like one of the only people. I mean, I guess if, if I ever interviewed Manson, I'd like to know that, too. Well, now you already know it, so yeah, you don't need to ask the question. So here's the second one I have here. It's pretty cool, too. Iggy Pop. Now, that's like my, that's got to be – he's like one of my favorite you know, musicians out there. I mean, I think Iggy Pop's just amazing. And not to mention, he's playing with the Stooges Thursday night, and I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about it? It's his 60th birthday. Yeah, have you he's seen old. A pic- have you seen a picture of him recently, though? <laughs> no, but I did hear one of his songs off his new album. It's awful. Horrible. <laughs> What was it? It was free and free and feisty in the USA or some shit like that. I don't know, but it's just it kind of pisses me off because the Stooges are just an iconic band. They're an incredible band, and like you know, their the album Funhouse I think is the best rock record of all time. Yeah, fast forward twenty five years. Yeah, thirty years later, and it's just like, dude, would you guys just stop it? Just play the entire album of Funhouse, or just play like all your old songs, and don't even try to put out a new album because I know it's gonna suck. So, how do you feel about going to see the show? That's kind of what I don't understand. Well, you know, I read a review of it, and I heard that they play, like, two new songs. They just pretty much play all their old stuff. Right. And, dude, Iggy's still insane. I mean, like, look at a picture of the guy. That's what cracks me up about it. The other Stooges guys haven't been doing shit the past 30 years. They're big, fat Michiganders. Whereas, like, Iggy Pop is just this, like, skinny, Ichabod crane, stringy hair, just totally ripped. I mean, he's, like, all muscular. He's just really creepy looking. He's not muscular. He just has zero body fat because he's a drug addict. Dude, he's just a creepy looking guy. I I don't even know if that guy still does drugs. Yeah, he does. I mean, he'd be dead if he still did drugs. I don't know. I mean, look at Keith Richards and look at, uh, even Jerry Garcia went on for quite a long time. Yeah, you know, I just, but you think like a lot of those guys, they keep doing speed and they keep doing coke and their hearts just stop. You know, just, they just cut Sooner out or later. They probably drink a lot of wheatgrass juice, so. So what surprises me about Iggy Pump's first time is the fact that he didn't get laid till he was 20 years old. Would you think Iggy, you know, that guy must just, you know, I thought that guy would be swimming in ass. You'd but, think so, but I think he was one of those people who was sort of awkward as a youngster and then grew into his, you know, sexual into his persona. Uh, idol fame. Yeah, you know, it could have been that. So uh, Iggy says, I didn't get fucked until I was 20. I don't even know if I can affect an Iggy Pop accent. I know. You know he has a very Midwestern accent, actually, so he probably yeah. sounds like us. Uh, so Iggy says, I didn't get fucked until I was 20. Before that, I used to come just rub it against someone's jeans or something. I didn't want to get fucked. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe maybe because he hadn't met David Bowie yet. Right. So there was this chick who had her eyes on me. A couple of them sort of had their eye on me for quite a while, being a drummer and all. He used to be a drummer in a different band uh, before he started the Stooges. Anyway, she'd follow me. She had a kid. I don't know. I don't like screwing chicks with kids. Yeah, me neither. She was being very nice, and she'd keep turning up, you know, making scrambled eggs for me. She kind of cultivated me. <laughs> Nice job. She was trying to get me to fuck her. One time I was kissing her and stuff on her couch over at her place, and I was lying on top. I was humping her, actually, and she was saying, 
why don't you go all the way? Let's go all the way. Yeah, you're kind of annoying me. You're grinding <laughs> your fucking jeans into my pelvis. A little bit of dry hump. And have you seen the jeans that he wears? It's like those nut hugger, really like tight Levi's. Dude, you seem a little infatuated by Iggy Pop. Can we get through this story right now, please? I just wish he was rubbing up on me. Just, so, don't, um, just don't get up on stage like Courtney Cox at a Bruce Springsteen concert, okay, <laughs> and make an ass of yourself. Just don't do that, please. So the, the woman says, why don't you go all the way? Let's go all the way. Iggy says, I was put off. Then finally, one night in my room, I had this really weird room with a little balcony. I used to shit on it. Shit on my little balcony and let it dry. Nice. And I had all the furniture in my room, including two single beds, all the furniture tipped on end. I made a maze out of it so that you couldn't see more than two or three feet in any one direction at a given time. Don't understand that. It was an interesting room. A little room of its own. Anyway, she got me really stoned on good stuff. I only had a little marijuana in my life, so it was still fresh in my blood. I don't remember how I got my clothes off, but we were on the balcony. I cleaned the shit off the balcony and put a bed out there because she was coming over that night. It wasn't hard, and I wasn't aware exactly what was happening to us. Somehow she managed to sort of do it herself, and then I came. It was very much like a dream sequence. I just sat up, didn't say a word, and took off. Ran downstairs, got on her bike, and rode just as fast as I could. (laughs) A girl's bike? (laughs) I was very upset, and I turned a corner on the wrong side of the street. I was in a frenzy, and I ran head-on into a car and flipped into the air. I flew over the car and landed on my feet. This is in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 1965. That sounds a little contrived, but so be it. Well, don't you think, I mean, if uh, you're being questioned about your first time, then you're going to, like, try to make some crazy, you know, exaggerated story? Well, Iggy Pop's one of those people who tries to mythologize himself, which I also find a little bit annoying, but like I said, so be it. Yeah, see, I would make up some fantastic story, but then uh, my mom would contradict me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the last one we're going to do here is uh, Kirk Douglas. And Wackerly's already claimed this one because Kirk Douglas is like your favorite actor. He's one of my heroes, Kirk Douglas. (laughs) It's Um, Michael Douglas' father. I know. I was going to read this in his current voice. Is he dead? (laughs) You know, I think Kirk Douglas is like 95. Yeah, but he had a stroke, right? So he can't talk anymore. But but out of respect, I'm not going to do the stroked out Kirk Douglas (laughs) voice. But I I'm going to do the. Um, I'm going to do this in the voice of George C. Scott uh, as his character it's in. Kind of like Kirk Douglas. Yeah, as his character in The Exorcist Three, which I think is the best of the George C. Scott. Films. Yeah, but his voice is the same in every movie. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the woman who ran the hotel where I was a bellhop was attractive and liked me. She confided in me a often. A bellhop. <laughs> she confided in me often that there was something about Jews she could not stand. <laughs> Kirk Douglas is Jewish. I don't know if you knew that. Kirk Douglas is Jewish? Yeah, Jewish. I wonder if he changed his last name. Like, as it was Jewish Douglas as the Steen. day is long. Yeah, I think he probably did to be an actor. Uh, where was I? Uh, she could spot them in a minute, no matter what their name was or what they looked like. There was a smell about them, she said. <laughs> as the end of the season approached, the lady proprietor gave, grew more interested in me. I had tried to maintain my distance. Because uh, of the smell, I guess. <laughs> I, I, she, the, you you don't want to give off that Jew the odor. Jew scent, the Jew yeah. pheromone. Dude, you've complained about it a few times. Well, yeah, that's your or ass. Or are you talking about that's my ass? your ass. <laughs> Jew uh, turds, dude. They still smell. Hey, we, enough about your ass, all right? We're talking about Kirk Douglas okay, right now. Okay, I, I digress. The night before the hotel closed, for the season, I guess he's saying, my lady boss was more attentive than ever. She suggested we have a farewell drink in her room. I was certainly aware of the season finale she was planning as I climbed the stairs to her room. <laughs> she talked about my coming back the next summer. I thought of all the things she had said this summer. 
Hitler is right. The Jews should all be destroyed, and no Jews will ever set foot in this hotel. After a few drinks, we are in bed together. Wow, he works fast. <laughs> Strange how hate can be such an aphrodisiac. My hate grew into a tremendous erection, and I thrust it inside of her. She was wet and ready, extremely passionate, moaned and groaned. I made certain that over I made certain that over all these sounds she could hear me very clearly when I said into her ear, That is an uncircumcised Jewish cock inside you. Do you think you'll get contaminated? Uncircumcised a circumcised Jewish cock. I said no, I said, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. Because dude, dude, Jews are it, circumcised. George, Scott, read the fucking words as they're written. <laughs> sorry, go back. That is a circumcised Jewish cock inside you. Do you think you'll get contaminated? Maybe even die? I am a Jew, and you are being fucked by a Jew. I exploded inside of her. She said nothing. Just breathe heavily and lay there as I left the room. <laughs> Lake George, New York, 1935. 1935, dude. <laughs> Jesus. You know what? You know what's kind of funny so about that? She's talking about Hitler, and like Hitler's still alive. Well, it, it was ongoing then. Right. Yeah. You, you know what's kind of funny about that is I remember I had sex with a German girl, and I kind of did the same thing. Not that she was like a Nazi sympathizer or anything like that, but I was thinking, you know, she's German of German did she have descent. Have a shaved head. <laughs> well, no, I bet you her ancestors probably like you know corralled my people onto trains, those death trains and stuff like that. She probably had like an uncle great-great-uncle or something that worked in one of the camps. So I was just thinking, I'm I doing mean, this you, for you, my people. Yeah, you assume the worst. Maybe her, her great-uncle was Oscar Schindler or something. You know? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Because right. earlier in the night, she, I was talking about the Holocaust, which I usually do when I meet German when people. You're, <laughs> when you're trying to bet a chick. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm trying to get a chick in the mood, I start talking about the Here's Holocaust. The thing about Auschwitz. So Auschwitz. So let me tell you about Auschwitz, baby. Is your pussy wet? So anyway, she was like... Sitting there, she made some kind of off-the-cuff remark about how uh, her grandfather had, like, lampshades made of my relatives. Really? And I was thinking, you know, I'm going to have sex with you just because I'm Jewish. And I'm going to fuck you just to get back at Hitler. For the chosen people. Yeah, for the chosen people. Take one for the team. I did. It felt good. Well, anyway, you know what? We should probably wrap that up. But uh, let's let's post um, some of these other stories because Miles Davis' story is pretty funny. Richard Pryor's story is kind of funny. Yeah, they're all good. That was just a random selection. We'll post it at uh, stickerongpodcast.com. Well, so Wackerly, this is uh, episode 66. We need to wrap up 65. And surprise, surprise, you won two weeks in a row. I don't even remember what my story was last week. Refresh so you did the mind. story about uh, Rat Breath, the old person who had the, uh, the oh, yeah, dementia the patient who had mouth rat in his him. mouth. I did the story about um, incest is best, the uh, father who raped his daughter. And then also when the, a, a listener sent in a story about an Aussie bowling ball. Which I can't oh. believe that didn't win. You know, I was kind of surprised. Although, you know what, though? At the same time, I was a little, like, you know, kind of pleased with the listeners because they're, they're expanding their mind. Yeah, their horizons. You know, if you think about it, they're expanding their horizons. The, de- the parameters of sick and wrong are the par- expanding yeah, exactly. amongst the audience. It's not just about gore. It's about, like, true sickness and originality. So, yeah, you won with about 86 votes. Although I came that's in. pretty damn original, bowling with the guy's head. I still think that I would have voted one, for that one. I would have voted for that one. I'll take my winnings. But uh, you came in with 86. I had about 60. And the uh, listener actually had 52. So it was kind of close. It's definitely close. But, uh, yeah, you won. So, um Beauty. Enjoy your beer. Well, for uh, episode 66 here, I'm going to have to uh, start off the show because I think you started off last week. Uh, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackley and I compete to see who can find the most disturbing news item of the week. 
winner, as voted by the audience, gets a case of beer, and we throw in a wild card with a listener story. So um, for episode 66, I'm going to start off the show. My story here concerns a new method for birth control. Hmm. Yeah, created in the Midwest. So instead of having to wear a condom, or instead of having to go get like you know an abortion, or use the say sponge, <laughs> or an IUD. I like that you uh, you classified <laughs> abortion as birth control. That's great. Well, it is kind That's of in a way. Uh, really please our evangelical listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of in a way. At least I think so. So instead of doing all these like tedious procedures, you know, to um, avoid getting pregnant. I think the best way, the most innovative way I've heard in a few years, um, form of birth control here, is stabbing the newborn baby 135 times. Oh, this is a post-delivery abortion? <laughs> yeah, post-delivery abortion here. Okay. This is, so this is post-pregnancy birth control. Okay, got it. <laughs> so this happened in Oakdale, Minnesota. A 17-year-old mother, new mother, stabbed her newborn baby 135 times. And disposed of her body in a garbage can outside her home. So she's not really a mother anymore, right? <laughs> no, she was a mother for about a minute. So Nicole Marie Beecroft was charged Thursday with first-degree murder. The charge carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. Uh, the uh, county attorney here says she kills the baby, and now her life will be changed forever. The Tartan High School senior told police she was in a panic state after giving birth to a girl on the floor of the laundry room in her home around 3 a.m. Monday morning. Um, she told police she had seen the baby's finger move, freaked out, and started stabbing the child. Yeah, I think that's supposed to happen. I think the baby's supposed to move. I don't think you should freak out. Well, what's kind of interesting about it is... Uh, so she had just she was giving birth and then she had a knife with her in the laundry room maybe to cut the umbilical cord maybe was this did, did people know she was pregnant or is this one of these girls who hid her pregnancy let me get to it so an autopsy determined the infant had been born alive but suffered numerous puncture wounds in the chest area and bled to death from 135 sharp force injuries mm, thorough yeah the attorney says we don't know what motivated her he also noted that the states, Minnesota, and Minnesota, they have safe harbor law, which allows mothers to leave infants at any hospital within 72 hours of birth with no legal consequences. I think most states have that law. I know California does. So she didn't even have to kill the kids. She could have just walked, went over to a hospital and just kind of dumped it there. <laughs> we'll set it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kind of drop kicked it into the hospital. Toss it from a moving car. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So police said the baby's body was found inside a trash bag that had been placed in a garbage can right outside her family's suburban home. Like, she lived with her family. Yeah. Inside the trash bag, they found a black-handled knife and some bloody towels. Authorities were actually tipped off when an anonymous caller told police that a cashier at Cub Foods Grocery Store in uh, Minnesota had given birth to a stillborn baby and threw it in a garbage can at her home. I don't understand how someone would know that. She uh, obviously uh, told somebody at work, I would think. And, yeah, they tipped it, it off. Or, or they probably knew she was pregnant, and they're like, well, where's your baby? And she's like, well, I stabbed it 135 times. It was times, still born, put in a garbage so I can. in the trash, yeah. <laughs> I trashed it. The store manager confirmed Beecroft was an employee there, but said she had called in sick the past two days. Police went to her home. Her mother told officers her daughter had been in sick in bed for the past two days. 
but they he, she still let them uh, search her daughter's room. So in the room, they found a bag containing adult diapers. The mother told police her daughter had been using them because she had been experiencing a very heavy period. The officers found a blood-soaked sanitary napkin and a diaper in the bathroom garbage can. Dude, isn't that kind of weird? I don't understand why the parents didn't know what happened to the kid. Well, it goes on to say the girl's mother told police she didn't even know her overweight daughter was pregnant. Oh, all right. So, so. that I love those type of stories. This girl was so fat that you wouldn't even know that she was pregnant. Yeah. Have you ever seen some of those? I don't even think she knew she was pregnant. Well, yeah. It's just, it's I'm, pretty bad. Because well, you always, you, you know, you never say to somebody, oh, how long have you been pregnant? Because then they'll just be like, well, I'm just fat. <laughs> Thanks I mean, a lot, though. You made me feel really great today. Well, she goes on to say that she just thought she was having a stomach ache. So, I mean, she was just feeling weird the past nine months, but she was so fat that Puking you would even know the that there was a baby yeah. in there. So she says so she when uh, wears a lot of baggy clothing. She was arrested, and uh, she actually went to work, and they went over and arrested her at work. And she had told police she acknowledged she had given birth the day before. She said she had gone to the bathroom, and something didn't feel right. Her stomach was hurting. So then she went to the laundry room, put a towel on the floor, and just gave birth. Just she knew it she out. was pregnant. You know, I don't even think she knew she was pregnant. Oh, it's so odd. Dude, but, I mean, if you're a big fat girl like that. And you're not having a period for nine months, you gotta, you know you're pregnant. She initially claimed the girl was stillborn and admitted discarding the child in the garbage can. But what I find interesting about it is how, I mean, dude, 135 times. That's it, a lot. Well, it's funny the way that... <laughs> it's a large number well, of stabs. It's, it's funny the way that journalists are like, well, she stabbed her infant. But instead of just saying stabbed, she had to stab her 135 times. Yeah. Is there some guy at the morgue who counts the stabs? Yeah, there is, right? I mean, he must, like, sit there and be like, one, two, three. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, and then somebody comes in and says something. He's like, 68, 69, 70. I was up to 83, and now i got to start over. I mean, 135 times. Jesus. Oh. And, uh, like, the baby isn't even that big. No, yeah. It's you a know, lot. So, There's not a lot of surface area to, to make all those stabs. Well, you know what the problem with is this girl is I don't think she was really thinking about it. Because if she didn't just – if she would have disposed of the corpse properly – by maybe cooking it up and eating it, because she's fat anyway. She wouldn't have had it found in the garbage can, and she wouldn't be facing life imprisonment. Yeah, but she's running the chance there that her mom or dad would walk in. Uh, and she's just sitting there eating like, baby. What are you making? <laughs> yeah, but they know she's fat. You know, I mean, Jesus. But, dude, I mean, so someone definitely went hogging here. I wonder if the father knows about this, or do you think the father's just kind of like... Dude, I didn't want anyone to find out that I fucked this chick because I was really drunk that night and you know, I was horny and I decided to go hogging. He's long gone. Well, dude, what's the biggest girl you ever banged? <sighs> <laughs> Haven't you ever had those nights, though, when you're just wasted and there's a fat chick and she's kind of cute and it's like, you know, no one's going to find out about it. I mean, wouldn't you have sex with a girl that's like over 200 pounds if no one's going to find out about it just See, to do it. But I have a problem judging girls' weight to begin with because, you know, you'll see a girl and she looks like a big pig, but she really only weighs like one... Uh, I'm not even going to say it because I'm just going to anger the <laughs> girls that I know by mentioning a weight, and then some girl's going to come and be like, well, I'm that weight. So I'm not saying anything, but pretty big. Yeah, you <laughs> My know, biggest. Dude, I mean, I guess I don't think I've ever, I've ever had sex with a girl... Who was so fat that you wouldn't know she was pregnant? 
I mean, this girl must be no, over 250. No, no, I've never gone to that level. I've never gone to that level. I, neither have I. Not saying that I wouldn't, because I think it would be interesting. It'd be well, like, you know, it'd be you're like young, the Discovery you're Channel. Young still, you yeah. have a whole life ahead of you. I still have a chance. So on the sick and wrong scale, uh, she's a fat girl, didn't know she was pregnant, stabbed her infant 135 times. That's egregious. She's going to get some points from me for being thorough. Yeah, same with me. She knew she was getting the job done. Panic state. I'm going to have to give it a 9.3. 9.1. 9. 9.1? 9. Sure. All right, I'll take it. What do you have here for uh, this week? Um. Well, I have. I can barely read it, and I have to say this. The light in here really blows, by the way. You know, dude, I need to get a new lamp. You got this lamp. It looks like a rejected character from Doctor Who. And not to mention, it's like three inches from me because I'm fucking stuck up against the wall in this fucking studio. Dude, would you quit bitching about the new studio <laughs> No, here? I will not. I'm just going <laughs> to keep on keeping on with the bitching. Until the Reach Around Foundation gives us a little more money, we're stuck here in the Tenderloin. Okay. But next week, I think we should get a better light. Yeah, better light. I need a chair. All right, God. let me let me squint at my story. Never here. any bitch fest from Try, and, try and make this make this print out. Um, this story happened in West London, and uh, I UK. Wanna, I'd like to preface this by saying I think you'll agree with me when you say that when I say that I I really hate going out to dinner. I hate it, and the fancier the restaurant, the more I hate it, and the more people involved, the more I hate it, and just the more elaborate the service and the meals are, the just the more I hate going out to dinner to a restaurant. I kind of hate the whole. I just hate the act of ordering food with a waiter, being stuck there, and just having to have like some deep conversation. Right. Yeah, I know, and then getting a bill for like 180 bucks. Where all you had was pasta and, and some wine. Yeah, and we know the price is a problem for you because it's your your Jewishness coming out. Exactly. But for me, it's just it's the experience of like sit. You know, you can't leave the table. You're stuck there, and like everybody's making this bullshit polite conversation. You definitely can't talk about sick and wrong See, stuff. That's why you need to bang more fat chicks because fat chicks, if you just got them a pizza and a six pack of Bud. They're just so appreciative that you're going to have sex with them. And that's perfect for me. That's yeah. A, yeah. Pizza and six-pack of bud, good. Yeah. This, though, if this happened, I don't know if it would make my opinion of eating out increase or decrease, but I'll let you tell me what you think. Um, right. So this happened at a restaurant in West London called the Sporting Club de Londres. I don't know. It's the Sounds Portuguese. Like French. It's Portuguese, uh, Portuguese, I think. Um Restaurant owner Rui Daniel Feria Velosa, he's got like seven names there, was fined 4,000 pounds in order to pay 2,000 pounds costs for breaching safety rules. Witnesses describe how the flaming chorizo sausage dish burnt out of control when a waiter topped it up with rum at a table packed with people. So this is like one of these dishes that, uh, you know, the waiter brings out. Like it's flambe or whatever. It's flambe. Yeah. It's cooked right in front of you, which is exactly the kind of shit I'm talking about that I can't stand. It just puts me off my fucking appetite. It's superfluous. You don't need it. No. Just, you don't. Just bring me my food. I'm going to I, and just I mean, leave I me eat, the fuck alone. I eat quickly. I wolf down my food. I put my face right in the plate. You know, that's just my style. Fork to mouth. Yeah. Um, uh, so apparently a woman at the table um, had to spend two weeks in hospital 
and has since undergone Damn. two skin graft gotcha. operations. So, uh, she said it was like being hit by a fl- in the face by a flamethrower. What did he do? Shove it in her face? No, apparently it was burning, and the waiter put some more rum on, you know, high alcohol content Now rum. that's a fire. And it and the flame sort of like, the liquid flaming liquid spilled out onto this woman's face and lap and body and torso. <laughs> Um, this restaurant's apparently a popular destination for, uh, soccer fans. They call it football, but I'm going to call it soccer because that's what it is. Uh, the victim was eating with a group of friends when the incident happened. Uh, the meal, uh, here's a little bit of description further of, uh, what they were trying to eat, trying to eat. I don't think anybody probably finished their meal, but it's served in a ceramic dish. Like I said, it's chorizo sausage, which is just kind of, I like it, but it's kind of disgusting looking to begin with. It's like a, you know. The grossest sausage you can you can possibly imagine. Food of the white devil. I'd never touch it. Yeah, I love it. But, uh, you know, not when it's flaming in my face. So um, she caught on fire? Yeah, it's a, it arrives to the table covered in... I would have in, loved to have seen that if I was one table over. <laughs> it arrived at the table uh, covered in burning alcohol. This is how it's supposed to happen, though. But the accident took place when a waiter added more rum, as I said before. <laughs> at this point, burning liquid escaped and spilled over the victim. Uh, one of the other people at the table said it was just like a big ball of fire, you know, like went right into her face. Um, she suffered, this woman suffered from, uh, flashbacks, panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. Dude, she's just saying that so yeah. she could sue. Yeah, good point. That's what I was, uh, exact point that I was going to make. But she is, does have horrible facial and hand burns. Dude, could you imagine if that's your wife? So they, uh, they find this, uh, restaurant. I try to sue too. Yeah, they find it. Yeah. I'm having a trauma also trying to have sex with this burnt up crispy <laughs> critter now. With Freddy Krueger. So and uh, the officials say, you know, they hope this fine gets the message across to other restaurants that uh, they will not tolerate any business which does not follow correct health and safety procedures in the workplace. Um, they go on to sort of detail all this. Like she's gonna have to for, have two years of like burn therapy. It's it's she's fucked Dude, up. Dude, I mean, it's, it's rather severe. I yeah, mean, it's kind of nasty. That must have been a hell of a fire. So my initial question is, what? And you kind of almost answered it. Would, would witnessing this maybe at another table? Probably, obviously, if it was your table, it wouldn't be good because it'd be one of your friends. But would this increase your desire to go to a fancy restaurant, or would you just be like, "That's what I'm talking about"? Because I'm kind of leaning towards that. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I'm never coming to a fucking three-star restaurant again where they have these crazy fucking dishes that the waiter has, you know, control over flames and all that kind of. See, I'm shit. gonna have to disagree with you because with me, every time I usually go and go out to eat to some of these like expensive restaurants. It's this long, boring, drawn out meal. Whereas if something interesting and exciting happened like that, I'd be like, sweet. If this happened every time I went and ate out, that'd be awesome. But my question for you is if you were dining at a table nearby, would you have like grabbed your pitcher of water and poured it on her head or like, you know, dumped your like spinach souffle on her face to try to put the fire out good samaritan type thing well dude it's a great chance to like dump some food on somebody (laughs) not beer because i wouldn't waste the beer i wouldn't waste the beer but i mean if i'd dump a pitcher of water on her maybe just even after it was all taken care of just still throwing food at her you know (laughs) just like tossing their food right in her face sauce out of my my bearnaise sauce (laughs) over on her lap just spraying mustard all over i kind of wonder if there's like you know this is a big group of people eating if there's one of those fat guys who just like still wanted to finish his meal after you know the paramedics came Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. If, I mean, I imagine your, your your brother Jeff would have, would have tried to finish his meal. He's kind of a pig. I think my brother would have just eaten right through it. I don't <laughs> even think he'd care. Seriously, I'm gonna give this a eight point seven. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it an eight point. Well, she. I mean, dude, 
she did suffer. There are disfiguring burn. There's pictures. There are pictures of her face. Like her eyes are blacked out, but her face. They have pictures of her face and hands that maybe I'll try and put on the. All right, sick I'm going to bump it up to an 8.8 website. Her husband still has to have sex with her. <laughs> no, he for me, dude, for me, marriage would be over. Well, she does have the sausage. <laughs> when, when, I, when I when I get married, I'm gonna have a prenup saying if you ever suffer some life changing, you know, permanently disfiguring burns or anything, this relationship's over. Yeah. You gain over fifty pounds, we're done. Will you reciprocate? <coughs> you know, if well, that happens yeah. to no, you, no, if it or... happened to me, I'd I'd totally reciprocate. I'd be like, okay, well then on either end. If I end up looking any worse than I currently do. <laughs> By a margin of 10%. And if my money doesn't satisfy you. <laughs> so there's clauses in your side of the story. Well, I'm just saying, dude, I'm not going to have sex with some, like, lasagna face burn victim. So basically what you're saying is it women, kill it for me. women are only good for their sexual attractive properties. <laughs> dude, would you be able to have a conversation with her if her face looked like macaroni and cheese? No. <laughs> I, I just couldn't. I couldn't look at her anymore. So that's why I think it'd be, um, you know, reason for divorce. Well, maybe or maybe you just get into S&M and get a leather mask. Think about it. You wouldn't even need a... And a, a ball gag. You wouldn't even need a divorce attorney. You'd be like, judge, look at her. And he'd be like, all right, case closed, you're done. Damn, she is hideous. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we invite the audience... Disgusting. We invite the audience to vote on that one. So we've got a good article actually sent in by a couple listeners. Um, I chose a new listener here because uh, someone else already actually, I think he won the podcast. So he sent in an article a while ago. So Yeah, the thing is, people, if you've already won, you already got the care package. Do you really want another bag of D in my pubes and another crappy T-shirt? I mean... Bragging rights. I guess it's bragging rights. Bragging yeah. rights. Right. No, actually, I, I like people. I, I still want people to keep sending in articles. Right. I mean, it, sh- it shows interest in the show. But it's good to get new listeners involved also. Yeah. We'll and so if you're know, you know if, you, if you an old listener and you send an article and the new listener sends in the same article, probably going to give the new listener a little bit of airtime. Yeah. So Christy over here in Germany, funny that we were talking about Germans earlier, she sent in an article about... um. A cesarean section gone awry. So what happened here? Stomach torn open. A 31-year-old mother got a horrifying shock after a C-section at St. Olaf's Hospital in Trondheim, Germany. Wow, two pregnancy stories in one podcast. Yeah. I know. Uncanny. So uh, I don't even know how to say her name. Tone Lisa Johansson bore a daughter by cesarean section at St. Olaf's on Sunday. A midwife removed the outer stitches from the operation. She says, quote-unquote, when I got up, I felt my entire stomach tear open. I got help from hospital staff and was put into a bed. Then I saw that my intestines and the contents of my abdomen had fallen out on the floor. Dude, could you imagine that? So her stitches must have just came right out. Dude. It just unloosened. Like, my greatest phobia is the hospital and surgery, so this is just giving me the willies. So according to um, uh, doctors here, the thread used to sew up after the cesarean has been under discussion at this hospital. And several doctors at St. Olaf's have contacted management to try and have it replaced by a different type used earlier. Yeah, they should stop using, like, mint, wax, dental floss, or whatever the fuck it is they're <laughs> yeah, using. Yeah, what are they using? Scotch tape? When a new purchasing contract began, we said that there was some dissatisfaction from our surgeons. The maternity hospital made a request saying we wanted to use different thread than the one chosen. Um... A physician here said that the new thread is hard to knot and that the knots come undone. So what happened is I, I guess it probably wasn't knotted properly. So she stood up, her stomach just ripped open. Could you imagine 
What would you do if you saw your intestines just kind of hanging out of you, lying on the ground? Well, she says they <laughs> fell out on the floor. I mean, I don't know. Aren't aren't your intestines like connected to your other internal organs? I think they. I I would think they would just sort of hang out. But she says they fell out onto the floor. Well, I think it, they were hanging out of her, but they're like on the floor. Like I mean, your intestines are like what thirty feet long. So she's one of these chicks with really stubby legs. Is that what you're saying? She's close to the ground to begin with. She sounds to me like a complainer. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing's good for her. It's Have like you these ever doctors... met a woman who wasn't? No, I guess not. Yeah, that's but right. no, I, but you know, these doctors are doing their job, so they might have substandard thread. So <laughs> it's so, just like okay, you know, no it's a casualty. Intended. So so what? God, I mean, you know what? I wonder what they do. Is she must have just passed out, and then they just kind of stuffed it back into her. Yeah, with a plunger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I imagine that they're probably going to sue the hospital here. Yeah. Uh, this sounds like a malpractice suit. Is she having panic and anxiety and depression? Dude, I would be. I you would probably be, don't even need to have that in this case. I would do be you? fabricating a whole battery of maladies after this, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I would be like, dude, I saw my wife with her intestines hanging out. I can't have sex with her anymore. That's going to be a clause in my prenuptial <laughs> agreement. <laughs> it's going to be a long prenup, I, I believe. Yeah, I don't think a girl will ever marry me. So that whole for for sicker or in health thing doesn't really apply in your opinion? Well, I was just, I mean, I don't want to get into it now. But yeah, if she gains weight and if uh, she's permanently disfigured or if she becomes a a, a, a retarded person. What if she gets a bad case of the flu that goes on for like three weeks? <laughs> uh, I guess, but I mean, then then I should be allowed to go seek a prostitute. Okay. That's that's going to be in the prenup. So on the sick and wrong scale, dude, this girl's innards were hanging out of her. Um, that's got to be pretty high. I'm going to have to give it a nine. I'm giving it a 9.8 because I fucking 9.8? I'm sorry. These stories give me the willies. Anything about the hospital and surgery or some guy I read this week, you know, got went in to get his bad testicle removed and they had removed his good testicle. I don't know if you saw that one. No. Yeah. They took well, his good testicle, so he yeah. has both of them gone? Well, yeah. Then they have to go back in and take the other one out. So he's a eunuch. Yeah. God. All this surgery crap just blows you know, I read my mind. An, I read another article about a guy who was uh, put under, but but they didn't realize that he wasn't he wasn't completely anesthetized. Yes, so I read that So he was awake during the surgery, and he now was he awake, has post-traumatic he stress uh, disorder. He, he was anesthetized enough that he couldn't signal that he was awake, but yes, he felt all the pain and witnessed all the sawing and the hacking and oh, the geez. tearing of the fucking veins. It's you know, disgusting. Let me go on a little thing here, because I we, surgeons... Doctors in general, and surgeons especially, get all kinds of respect in our fucking society. I think the world over. You well, know, they're like, doctors. Oh, they they're, should. They're miracle workers. They're so so selfless and good. Meanwhile, they're making fucking major bank. And I really don't think they're that much different than, you know, like doctors in the fucking Middle Ages where they would just hack you open and, like, fucking bleed you to death. Or put leeches on your face. No, actually, you know, I mean, but I don't dude, think it's that, then I don't again, think it's that they are saving I lives. I think it's a big PR bullshit thing. I think it's it's almost the same. They don't really know what they're doing. They can do a couple things well, but really they're just butchers. Would you have a negative experience with a doctor? Were you like diddled? It's a phobia. Were you diddled? It's a phobia. No, I wasn't diddled. You're not going to put this in my <laughs> fucking I was diddled camp. It's a phobia. How, how Where did this stem from? Just if you've always had it, just a distrust of doctors? It's a phobia. It's completely irrational i know but uh it's my phobia and i uh, am not ashamed of it um so there 
Okay, well. But, you know, I'm going to be one of those people that has, like, a big tumor growing out of my neck, and all you guys are going to be like, dude, you should go get that checked out. And I'll be like, what? It's fine. It's fine. I'll go away soon. I I distrust doctors. I'll be getting laid a lot when I have a big neck tumor. That's going to be great. You're going to have elephantitis of the nuts. Absolutely. So, um, on the sick and wrong scale, yeah, we, we, you gave it a 9.8, I gave it a 9. Um, people vote on these articles. You can decide who won episode 66, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Yeah, Martin, I was fucking checking out podcasts the other day. I checked out this thing called Sick and Wrong. It's got this D. Simon. He's a fucking Jew. And a Jew? The, yeah, a Jew, a goddamn Jew. And on the I, internet? Absolutely, they got them on the internet nowadays. They're everywhere. Yeah, they are. I even saw one at my bagel shop. But then, aside from that, that other, that, that Lance Wackerly character, his co-host, I don't know what the fuck he is, but I think he's a black Amishman from, from the Dutch country. I have no idea what's going on with him. That's worse than being a Jew. Absolutely it is. But let me say this. They're two good-looking men. As opposed to the two of us, we're ugly as sin. But that doesn't stop us from having our own goddamn show. We have our own goddamn show. You know what the name of that show is, Martin? Can you tell me the name of the show? Tell it to me right now. From the Ville with Martin and Steele on FromTheVille.com. Sounds good to me. Is that it? Sure. All right, log on to FromTheVille.com right now, right here, any place, anytime, anywhere, and you can listen to Martin and Steele on FromTheVille.com and fuck the guys that sick and wrong because we're funny. Well, Wackerly, to uh, wrap up the show here, it's towards the end of the show. We got a couple emails from people. Uh, one was kind of a flattering email, which I thought was kind of cool. Flattery uh, s- will get you everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was sent in by uh, John over in the Midwest. He says... I just want to say, great show. I've listened to many podcasts, and I think you guys are the best. It's funny. You guys are like the underground podcast here in white-collar corporate America. Mm. Uh, Steve and I have about 12 people listening to the podcast weekly, and when clients in upper management ask us what we're listening to, we say we listen to a podcast called Warm and Fuzzy. Which is, I guess it's kind of funny. It's like a little code name for sick and wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if your boss is coming over to you, I think we've, we've talked about this in the past. You don't want to be like, yeah, I'm listening to a show about sick and wrong. These two guys talk about like intestines coming out and, you know, mothers stabbing their newborns. There's lots of swears. Times. That you must, yeah, you got to wear headphones if you're listening to this at work. But I think it's kind of cool. And I'd like to give a shout out to everybody over there in uh, corporate America and in Indianapolis. And uh, keep listening to the show. Send yeah. in some articles. Maybe um, maybe uh, we'll, we'll send you a T-shirt. You can be uh, real popular in the office. Although they wouldn't wear it. We'd have to make a warm and fuzzy T-shirt. Another listener, um, also from the same like corporate little area over there, says that uh, uh, some of the other podcasts have started a club called the Original Kings of Vulgarity. So I guess they listen to a number of podcasts here, and we're one of them. He said that a lot of these podcasts have similar structure that cross-promote each other by listening to each other on their websites. Uh, he said that um, some of these uh, shows that are in the original Kings of Vulgarity are The Underground Short Bus, Two Drunks in a Podcast, which I've listened to, and I think that one's a really good one. I Hate Cheese, which I've never heard, and a few others. And he feels that Sick and Wrong would be a good fit with this uh, original Kings of Vulgarity club. It sounds like it. So, you know, it's, you know what's funny is I tried to start that um, that podcast club with the Unholy Podcast Alliance. What do you mean tried to start? It, it's it's thing. It's a real deal, man. I, I guess it's growing, but we don't have a treehouse. We don't re- have jackets that we all wear. It's as real as anything else on the internet. Yeah, but we don't have those satin jackets with, like, the embroidered, you know, sticking wrong in the back. Yet. Yeah, yet. But anyway, um, you know what? I say we join the original Kings of Vulgarity. How would we go about doing that? Oh, he says he emailed them, and, uh, you know, uh, Underground Short Bus, the guys that do that show, kind of started it. So I'm going to check out Underground Short Bus. People, check out Two Drunks in the Podcast. I actually did check it out. It's all right. You like it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, know? I listened to one episode. It's hard to judge a podcast by one episode, but it seemed good. You know, what's kind of funny, too. He mentions that uh, he and his girlfriend were just recently in San Francisco, and uh, his girlfriend decided to go use one of those reinforced public toilets. That was Should on, we uh, describe these things to people? Well, because they're, I've never seen them in any other town. What cracks me up about it is so San Francisco has these public toilets that you can pay wait, to use. Wait, let, let's do it like this. Let me describe what the intent was, and then you can describe the, what reality. They act, the reality of these toilets. So here's the intent. Uh, this company, I think it's called J.C. Deco, or it's a French name. It's like D-E-C-E-A-U-X or something like that. They built all these toilets around San Francisco, and they're four to, they're like they cost you know like a hundred thousand dollars a piece or something. They're, yeah, and you pay. They're a fortified metal structure. There's an automatic door that you pay to get into, and and the idea was. San Francisco has a little bit of a problem with people urinating and defecating <laughs> all over the place. I don't know why. I don't know if other cities have this problem. But uh, you pay to go in, you do your business, and then actually when you exit this toilet, uh, it self-cleans itself. And the toilet actually retracts into this little hole and like and sprays spray itself it down, down and like dries kind of itself down and comes back out. Sounds great, right? I think it's 25 in cents theory, or 50 it should cents. Work. But – now I'll put this over to you, D, to describe the reality of what happens so in the toilets. in reality, and I think a lot of tourists should take heed of this, residents of San Francisco, denizens of this disgusting, filthy city, never use those public toilets. No, and tourists never should either. And tourists should never those, use those public those toilets. Those toilets are the domain of crackheads, streetwalking whores, and, uh, you know, homeless people. Homeless people, you know... to. To be quite honest, the only people I've ever seen in there are homeless people. And I don't even think they go to the bathroom in there. I think they just kind of, like, take baths. I think they bathe in the toilets. Well, homeless I think they people sleep in San Francisco in go to the bathroom everywhere. So I assume they're probably going to the bathroom in there as well. But it's not any different than any other I think they're just using it to corner. shoot up heroin. Or, you know, have sex with those streetwalking whores. I've never used one of those toilets, and I never would. No. And it just cracks me up that, like, tourists come to San Francisco and go, oh, wow, how convenient. There's a public toilet right here, a public restroom. Right. And they go in there, and then what happens is they see some, like, disgusting homeless person with his balls in the toilet washing it and then start screaming at you. Which and is exactly what happened to this guy, right? Yeah, what happened to this guy, his girlfriend decided to use the public toilet by the uh, by the Virgin Mega Store, which is right on Market Street. A crazy homeless guy opened the door and started screaming in uh, in their faces here, Quit knocking! I was here first! It's mine! Yeah! <laughs> you got a cigarette I can have? Rah! Then he closed the door and they could hear him just howling and shitting himself. Can I uh, add a clause to the prenuptial agreement? If I'm ever with a girl who uses one of these toilets, <laughs> we're also done. You're done? Yeah. <laughs> I could see maybe, you know, even in an emergency, I'd rather shit my pants than use one yeah, of these toilets. Yeah, you can pick up all kinds of diseases in one Dude, of those I'm, There's things. one over on Polk Street, or Larkin Street in the Tenderloin. I was walking by, and I saw a homeless guy kicking on the door, opened up, and there were like 10 homeless people in there. One of them That's a party. using the facilities. It's and a they, party. Dude, it just was like a crack smoke coming out. They're having like a little crack fest in there. And I was like, from there I decreed, I will never set foot in one of those public toilets. Even in an emergency, I'd rather shit my pants. I probably would, too. So, uh, tourists, take heed. If you come to San Francisco, use a bathroom in a store. Don't use one of those public yeah, toilets. Yeah, go to the Metreon or, you know, something like that. But I'd like to thank Steve and uh, John for sending in those stories. Uh, very informative. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely try to join the original kings of vulgarity. Finally, a guy named Matt sent in a song from a band called McCluskey, 
who um, unfortunately have split up now. I think they're a really good band. I actually uh, have a few of their albums. So um, we're going to have to uh, end this uh, show with a song um, about a guy who likes killing prostitutes. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, nice. Matt, for uh, saying that in. Finally, people, thanks for listening to the show. That about does it here for episode 66. If you haven't already, go give us a vote on Podcast Alley. I think we're up to around 30 right now. And so, uh, yeah, we want to get up to about, I don't know, 50. Yeah, we're halfway through the month. That sounds like a good time. We're halfway through the month. So if you haven't already, go give us a vote. And uh, until next week, take it sleazy. Good night.